0: And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the gospel record of Luke. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 24. The gospel record of Luke and chapter Number 24, we're in a series right now dealing with discipleship. And as we're defining discipleship for this series is the idea of being a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, understanding that there is a difference between being saved and And being a disciple. That being saved just is recognizing that I'm a sinner and because of my sin I've offended a holy righteous God and I deserve to go to an awful place called hell. But then I realized that Jesus died for me and I came to a time and a place where I personally accepted the free gift of salvation that God gave me. Now, after that, there's another decision that needs to be made, and that is a decision to follow after Christ. And that is a separate decision outside of salvation. And that's what discipleship, making a decision to follow after him, and to follow after him fully. And we're describing what does that mean? What does that entail? And now as we come to another lesson, we come and find ourselves into the Gospel record of Luke chapter number 24. The Gospel record of Luke chapter 24. Twenty-four, And if you don't mind, we're going to pick it up starting at verse number 36. The Gospel Record of Luke, chapter number uh, 24, starting at verse 36. And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrightened, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have." And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of meat and broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. All things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they may understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, that the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name Among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses. Of these things. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find here in the gospel record of Luke in chapter 24? The gospel record of Luke, chapter 24, and notice with me, verse number 48, the phrase Ye are witnesses of these things. Ye are witnesses of these things. Now, with this, we understand that disciples are witnesses. Disciples are witnesses. Now the word witness is an interesting word. This word witness is both a noun and a verb. Meaning that as a verb, I am witness to something. I am giving testimony of something. And the noun is what I am. I am a witness. Maybe I could further define and illustrate this. Let's say that we had a car accident right outside the church here. And we're all inside of the church building and we hear the crash. We hear the screeching tires and the impact. And so we all rush out there. And then as the police are on the scene and they're taking care of the victims, they will come and they'll say, all right, did anybody see what happened? Well, let's say that one of you goes up to the officer and said, Officer, let me tell you what happened. Well, he's going to say, Did you see it? No, I didn't see it, but let me tell you what happened. What is the officer going to do? Tell you to set aside. He wants to see someone who was a witness to that event. We understand that the noun must precede the verb. What do I mean by that? You must be a witness in order for you to witness. Well, as we're talking about being a follower of Jesus Christ, there are some things that we must be a witness of, according to what Jesus Christ was saying here, in order for us to go and tell someone, ye are witnesses. Now in this passage, Jesus Christ is just arisen from the grave. And the disciples are having a hard time believing this. Even though Jesus had told them over and over, I'm going to die and on the third day I'm going to rise again. They did not believe him. And now as he is risen again, they're still having a hard time believing. In fact, notice with me if you don't mind in verse number 41. Ah, verse 37. So verse 36, Jesus Christ comes in, verse 37. But they were terrified and affrighted, supposing that they had seen a spirit. Jesus said, talks to them, why are you troubled? Behold, my hands and my feet. Verse 41. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered. So here, even when they're seeing Jesus, they're still having a hard time believing that... The guy who just died on the cross in a cruel way is here before us. And here the Bible's implying that they should believe for joy. Meaning, yay, God answered his prayer. Yes, Jesus is here. Instead, there is is this true? Is what's going on? And so Jesus actually takes some time to eat with them. Some people would say, why is this important? Why did Jesus eat with them? Because it would leave evidence. He ate fish. There's some bones left over. Hey, was Jesus really here? Yes. Look, there was evidence. Someone ate this. Hey, here's a piece of honeycomb. There's some teeth marks into it. There's evidence. They're trying to give him evidence that this was in a mass delusion, that they're not seeing things, that this is Jesus. It's trying to give evidence that he was physical, not a spirit. They said, oh no, is this his ghost? Is this?" There was evidence he was there. There was proof of this. And they are witnesses that Jesus is alive and well. Now with this, we tell what we know to someone that we don't know. The Bible talks about, you don't have to turn there, but in 2 Timothy 2, 2 dealing with the idea of discipleship, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same Commit thou to faithful men who shall teach others also. The idea of witnessing and discipling is that we're supposed to tell what we know, by the way, the same things. May I put a little asterisk here? Things that are different are not the same. The same things that have been taught to us, the same we're supposed to commit those to faithful men who are expected to teach others also. By the way, this is how discipleship works a Paul teaches a Timothy, a Timothy teaches faithful men with the expectation that the faithful men are going to teach others also. And what are they teaching? The same things. They're witnesses. They're they're going to be carrying the very same thing. So as we come to Luke 24, let's see some things that we are supposed to be witnesses of so that way we could witness to someone. So what are we supposed to be a witness, a noun of, so we could turn around and be the, Verb and report and tell someone about what we know. First of all, they were to be witnesses of the scriptures. Witnesses of the scriptures. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in um, verse number forty-four. Notice, actually, let's give a good running start. Chapter twenty-four. Let's go back to verse number twenty-four. So, in Luke twenty-four and verse number twenty-four. What has happened is Jesus has already risen from the grave and he finds two people walking on the road to Aramaeus. They're walking from Jerusalem to Aramaeus. And as Jesus is following, these guys are having the poochy lip disease. Oh, it's so horrible. This is, I can't believe it. And so as Jesus follows behind him, he says, Why are you so sad? He says, are you a stranger in these uh, lands? Have you not heard what happened? And they explained that Jesus, whom they followed and whom they loved, had been crucified. And then now today being the third day, they had heard some of the women say that they had saw... went to the sepulcher and found that Jesus was risen and then the disciples went and said that these things they, that Jesus' tomb is also empty and now they're like we don't know what to do with this and we're and Jesus goes behind them they don't recognize as Jesus and he says why are you so sad isn't this what you wanted is this what you excited for and uh, notice in verse 24 and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so, as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he, Jesus, said to them, the two people walking the road to Aramaus, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? "...and to enter into his glory, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, expounded to, unto them all the script, all the scriptures, the things concerning himself, Jesus. Imagine that, that Jesus says, oh you fools. You, don't you understand? You should have believed the Bible. Those scriptures are the witnesses of these things that have occurred. Let me show you from the book of Genesis. And he goes to the book of Genesis and shows them the prophecies of Christ. He goes to the book of Exodus and shows them the prophecies of Christ. And goes through the entire Old Testament and showing them. Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. Why are you slow to believe? You should have been a witness of the scriptures, knowing what the scriptures said and being able to witness and tell people about Jesus because of what the Bible says. Now we fast forward later on that night. The two people come to Uh, from the road to Aramaeus, they go back to the people in the upper room and says, hey, guess what? We were on the road. Jesus was talking with us. And he was opening the scriptures. And they were like, oh, we don't know if it's really Jesus. So Jesus shows up and they think it's a spirit that eats with them. So we're fast forward to where we're at. Notice with me in verse 44 now. And he, Jesus, said unto them, all the disciples that are in that upper room... These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now remember the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament, their Bible is divided up into three sections. It's divided into the law, the histories, Uh, are the prophets, so the law, the prophets, and the writings. That's what they call it. Uh, That's where you would have the Psalms. So here, Jesus is saying, listen, in all parts of your Bible, there's me, Jesus. You should have known your Bible. You should have been a witness of what your Bible said, so you could tell other people. Verse 25 or 45. Then opened he their understanding that they may understand the scriptures. And then it goes on and talks about that we're supposed to be witnesses. We understand that the Bible is our first stop to witness to someone. The Bible is the thing that speaks of eternal life, of salvation. We don't know of anything of Jesus or God outside of the Bible. Yet so many people think they could attempt to witness without being a witness of what the Bible said. We must have the Bible. This is the first thing we must be a witness on. By the way, you can't stand on promises if you don't know what they are. You have to know what the Bible says in order to explain to someone what the Bible says. You have The noun has to precede the verb. You have to know the scriptures to tell someone the scriptures. There's no other way to draw someone to the Lord outside of the scriptures. People cannot be saved outside of the scriptures. We must have the scriptures inside of us. Memorized, put into us. Know the scriptures to be a witness of these things. How am I supposed to tell someone about scriptures or about Jesus? Not from my feelings, not from my thoughts, not from my opinions. I'm supposed to take them to the word of God and give them that foundation. This is what the Bible says about Jesus. This is what the Bible has to say about eternal life. This is what the Bible has to say about heaven and about hell. You understand that when we work with people, we're not trying to say, I want you to believe what I believe. We want them to believe what the scriptures have to say. We tie them to the scriptures. We are witnesses of these things. We are Are to hide the word of God in our heart. To depend upon it. To know what the Bible says. So we can witness to someone else. About what the scriptures say. So when we're talking about we are witnesses. The first thing that we are. Is that we're witnesses of the scripture. Notice there's a second thing as we understand. What are we supposed to be a witness of? Verse 46. And he said unto them. Thus it is written. And thus it behooved Christ to suffer. And to rise again the third day what are we witnesses of we're witnessing witnesses of the suffering of Christ what does that mean that we know that he bled and died for our sins was buried and rose again that we found out what the bible had to say about having salvation and we obeyed it and it worked That we're able to say, listen, I know that it's real and the Bible says it's real, but I put it into practice. I accepted that free gift and Jesus lives within me. I have proof, evidence of Christ living in me. I know of the sufferers. It worked. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I deserve to go to hell. I owed God a great punishment. But Jesus paid the price for me. And I remember where I was at when I bowed my head and I accepted Christ. And he's made me a different person. I'm not a perfect person. But I'm a different person because of what he's done for me. They can't take away that personal testimony that you found what the scripture said, obeyed it, and it worked. Do you have that testimony? You must be a witness before you could go witnessing. Do you know for sure for yourself that you have accepted that free gift that God has offered to you? That you've accepted it and it's made a change in your life. You said, what do you mean by a change? Well, if you're going to put something as big as God and put it in something as small as my heart, there's going to be some changes. There's going to be something that's different. Remember, being different is not the goal. Following God is the goal. Being different is a byproduct, but is an evidence that God has done something. There should be some change, spiritual change, because you are made into a new creature. Behold, all things have passed away. The old things have become new. Things are different now. Something happened to me when I gave my life to Jesus. Things I loved before have passed away. Things I love far more have come to stay. Things are different now. Something happened to me when I gave my life to Jesus. There should be something different. And that I am a witness. Let me tell you what God has done for me. Remember that when we talk about witnessing, we teach our folks that your testimony should be in three parts. What your life was like before you came to know the Lord, how you came to know the Lord, and what your life was like after you came to know the Lord. What do I mean by that? Well, we're not bragging about sin when we're talking about life, but we're talking about that our life, that there was something missing maybe you um, were afraid of death. Maybe you were afraid of going to sleep, not knowing what would happen when you wake up. Maybe there was an idea of uh, such a deep loneliness. There was all kinds of ways that you could describe it. This is what my life was like. But then someone opened the Bible, showed me from the Bible, told me from the Bible, gave me a track that had Bible verses, something with the Bible. But they showed you the truth about Jesus Christ and you accepted the truth for yourself. And then what, how is your life different now? What is different? There should be something different about your life when you accept Christ as your savior. If there's something, if your life is not different, there's something wrong because it doesn't match up with the Bible. There should be some. And we try to teach our people how to give a testimony using those three parts so that way you don't get crazy stuff floating around and testimonies. We want to explain and bring them to the place of the Bible. But then this, so we're witnessing of the sufferers of Christ. There's one more. We are witnesses of his salvation. Notice verse 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Now that we've experienced it, we can tell others what happened to us. That there was a time where we accept it for ourselves. Now that we are the noun, now we can be the verb. We can go witnessing and tell someone what happened to me. Tell them our story of what what Christ has done. People are living in darkness. They're lost in their sins. They're without hope, without God. The only people that can help these people are people who have the light, who have accepted the promise. And now we're telling them what happened to us. We're not not trying to tell them what we read in a textbook. We're not trying to tell them about some theory. We're saying, we found out what the Bible said. We believed it and it worked and you can accept it too. That the noun has to come before the verb. But once we are the noun, we are to be the witness. We are to tell other people. Have you ever thought about why God did not give the gospel in the clouds? Why doesn't he just have the gospel written in in the clouds so you just look and see it? Why doesn't he have the mountains just proclaiming the gospel so the whole world can hear it? Why doesn't he? Well, because we have the evidence of a changed life. We have proof in ourselves that if we've accepted the promises, God has done something different in us. And because of that, we can tell someone else, listen, we found what the scripture said, we obeyed it, and it worked, and my life is different. And now your life can be different. We have the testimony. That's something the clouds cannot do. They cannot have a changed life. The rocks don't have an evidence of a changed life. We sinful, awful humans who at one time shook our fist at God and said, Leave me alone. Stay out of my life. Now we're going to church. Now we want to follow God. Now we're reading our Bible. What made the difference? There was a time where I found what the scripture said about Christ. I believed them and it changed me. We are the most effective tool to tell someone else. We are living in a world where people are looking for hope. And they don't want to hear hope from someone who's suffering just as bad as they are. They're looking for something that is different. And when God makes a change in our life, they're looking for something that works, something that's different. Not working, something that's just, one change or one awful thing to an awful thing. Are you forgiven of your sins? People need to hear that they could be forgiven of their sins. Do you have a hope that you didn't have before? People are looking for a hope that they never had before. Do you have a changed life? People are begging for their lives to change and get rid of their things. This is what we're speaking about here. That we are witnesses. That the noun has to precede the verb. We have to be a witness of these things so we can go tell someone else what Christ has done for us. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time